Welcome to the Dallas Space Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Louder. Innovation comes in so many forms in so many different ways. We believe this entire Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is covered with people innovating. We designed this podcast to highlight the innovative things those business leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, problem solvers, the real innovators are doing day in, day out. As always, this show is brought to you by my company, Louderco. We find companies' profits through artificial intelligence and better operations. Like when we helped a massive Fortune 500 company build out their AI strategy to create breakthrough new food and beverage categories. Or when we redesigned the operations of a $100 million services company to add $10 million in net profit to their bottom line. To learn more about us, head to our website, louderco.com. Be sure to download free guides and presentations like our Intro to Artificial Intelligence presentation, or see if your company's even ready for AI through our AI readiness assessment tool. We're about to get the show started. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot to us if you subscribed and left us a review. And now, enjoy our guests and enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Dallas Space Innovator Show presented by Louder Co. I'm Andrew Louder. I'm really glad to have our guest today here in studio, Emily Page. She's a product development consultant and CEO of Pearl Resourcing. She's managed and launched multiple seven-figure product brands in Costco, Williams-Sonoma, Kroger, and Amazon, and a lot more than that. Frankly, if you walk into a store today, a, you know, a big name store, you probably, you've probably walked across a product that Emily has touched. She says she brings her nerdy passion and business expertise through her businesses to support brand owners going from start to sold. I love that. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you for having me. All right. So generally when I launch the show, I love kind of getting into just like a one to two minute bio, kind of what's your spiel? Where, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? How about get into that now? <laughs> Go for I it. I almost don't want to tell people that I was born in Los Angeles, California, because oh. there's so many Californians coming in that Dallas sites are a little inundated by the traffic and the high uh, housing prices that are coming from LA. But I know. So I apologize. There's pros and cons. Yes. I apologize on behalf of my people, but I'm from originally Los Angeles and moved to Dallas, moved to Dallas four years ago. Okay. And I have loved it. We moved specifically so that I could grow my business faster. And oh, nice. I knew that there were so many talented people in Dallas coming from all over the place, as well as people just local. So we moved here and it actually has been so beneficial for my company for that reason, because it's besides the savings of state income taxes, yeah. it just, there's so much flexibility to fly all over the country to business. So I feel like Dallas is, a, is an excellent place and you can you can pay people great salaries they can buy a home like they're so yeah, and it's just so friendly and uh, great food so i really like dallas there's probably some things you miss about la the beach <laughs> maybe accidentally bumping into a celebrity and getting to take their picture <laughs> nice the, the weather. weather yeah got it and so the way we met 
I think it was through a WeWork, right? Just kind of, we were just in our the co-working zone and cross paths somehow. I think you spilled coffee on my shoes and... Uh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm trying to remember this. I don't remember. You, I mean, you could make this up and I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah, yeah. It was coffee. We were getting coffee at the, um, is it the seventh floor? And so... Yeah. I think we bumped into each other and... Okay. You're very networky and friendly, so you asked what I was up to. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> and then we added each other on LinkedIn, and then I started bombarding you with personal promotional. <laughs> yeah, you like doing that. And it works, I'm sure. I mean, because you're top of mind. I see you all the time on LinkedIn and builds tons of awareness. And I'm always just amazed at all the different products and things you're doing. I'm Close amazed, too. There I'm shocked. Go. I don't know where it all comes from and, and how it all comes together. Well, I think the other well, the last time I saw you a couple of weeks ago, I think I, I figured out your secret. Ooh, you hustle. <laughs> and I, I wish you could picture this, but Emily's working on her laptop, and she's got an entire 12-pack of Red Bull sugar-free next to her, just like ripped open. Almost like she didn't have time to like open it the right way. The package lady couldn't open the package the right way. <laughs> And, um, yeah, she's just chugging down a Red Bull. It surprisingly helps you focus, especially when you got to get it done. And what I do for a living is so creative, so it uses a ton of that part of your brain. And then there's the invoicing and the analytical mm. side that just requires massive focus for me. I can't – I have to get into a certain zone. I have to turn on a certain type of music. I have to open a Red Bull, and I have to just – get into that zone when it comes to the really hardcore analytical yeah. stuff or or even being tough. Anything involving mm. getting upset at a factory, demanding fair treatment by your vendors. Yeah. Making sure that contracts are not being violated. That stuff is hard for me. So I have to get really focused. No, that's that's great. And you're kind of getting into some of the things I want to talk about here in a little bit. It's just kind of what is what is a day in the life like for you and, and what you're doing, you know? And just I'd love to hear more about what you're doing there with Pearl Resourcing, how you kind of work with these products. And then, you know, kind of jumping ahead, you've got an interesting product that you helped co-found with Jocko Willick. Yeah. You know, the world-renowned SEAL team leader, um, author extraordinaire. And so we'd love to get into that a little bit. But uh, for now, how about you tell us a little bit more about Pearl Resourcing? Okay. So Pearl Resourcing is a packaging and product development company. And we came to be because we noticed a big gap in the market where there are design, graphic design agencies, which do the visual design, but they don't understand any of the implications of their design on the cost to the customer, the manufacturing lead times, the print finishes, and they can't tell you, they, they know what they stylistically want, but they, they couldn't tell you what it would cost you, where to manufacture it. Mm. So especially if you're bootstrapping and you're emerging brand, if you're Pepsi Cola, you can figure that out. But everybody else doesn't know what the implications of those things are. So there's structural, uh, there's like, so that is one type of agency out there. Then there are people who do sourcing and kind of like contract manufacturer reps who represent one specific factory and they can only tell you about that, the structural manufacturing minimums and requirements for that yeah. category. And so you spend as a brand owner trying to make physical products. I should clarify, that is what our, we do. We focus on physical product physical, development. Yep. Um, 
you spend hours and there are a lot of risks and you go down the down one direction, you realize, wow, I designed this package and I can't even manufacture it at the factory where I was planning on manufacturing stuff. And <clears throat> it's just kind of a nightmare. Like you lose tons of money, you lose tons of time and you don't have anyone advocating for you. Everyone's telling you something different. So we started helping people all down the entire product development life cycle. So it's called commercializing an idea. Yeah. If we made Andrew IPA tomorrow. It sounds good. I like that. Coming soon. Coming soon in a 12-pack skinny can, 12-ounce. You know, it's like he's doing something different. How would you take that idea and get it started? Yeah. you got to worry about first visual design, which is our first you know, package of services. And we've got structural design where you, f you figure out, like, what how will it be manufactured, breaking that stuff down, the, the package that it comes in. Um so those are all like theoretical things. Yeah. And then you get into manufacturing, which is number three. The actual execution requires a lot of project management, oversight, figuring out retains and asking QA questions, blah, blah. And then uh, well, how are you going to sell it? So we have services to help design and position for retail or on online commerce sales because that's where you would sell a physical product. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of its design and strategy and understanding the differences of packaging for each of those categories because it should be different. And then lastly, sometimes people don't want our help to execute it because they're really strappy and they want to hire someone to consult them and help them evaluate their resources. So we yeah. also offer consulting on that, that kind of thing. So yeah, we help bring sounds, ideas to, to market. Sounds incredibly valuable. You know, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, I've been urging my friend Garrett, and I hope he's okay with me bringing this up, but he makes, I think, the world's best barbecue sauce. And the other day, I was just kind of urging him, man, you might want to consider bottling some up, selling some of this. And I mean, what you just spouted out about what you do, I can just imagine it being ultra confusing, such a big headache. How do you figure all that out? I mean, gosh, it's it'd be extremely overwhelming for just anybody without that kind of knowledge and background to be able to know what, where to even begin. Yeah, it's. I think it's actually hard for even people who are in the industry because wow. our clients are either emerging brands and entrepreneurs and they're usually the scrappiest. So they do consulting stuff or yeah. piecemeal elements. We also secondarily have customers who are manufacturers. So they already know how to make things really well, but they are not, usually manufacturers are not as good at the creative part of it. First, you know, they focus yeah. on efficiencies. That's their, their business model. So those type of people hire us. And then lastly, there's retailers that hire us for designing brands or finding factories or developing new recipes that are going to help them in their private label program. So those are three different types of customers and they all have different levels of experience and yet they all have, you can all be served tremendously by having a little bit of help to get faster, uh, more efficient in a particular category. Yeah, especially if a product takes off. Now you're talking just multiples of of just every cent counts, right? And so if they make a bad call on something, it can it can just exponentially impact them, right? Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. I just was working on a project which is sitting here on our desk right now. <laughs> yeah. And this project was really challenging, be not because it was hard, but because the client that I was working with didn't have a lot of experience developing new products and so when we first talked about the idea, I was under the impression that everything was all locked up. They already had the product figured out that goes inside the, the inside of these little sachets, these little 
flexible film sachets that are sitting here. I don't know if yeah. you can hear that. <laughs> kind of looks like a giant Advil. Yeah, like a tea, bag of tea. Yeah, there with, you go. Um, there's like six capsules inside and in a point of purchase display. There's 14 units inside of it. The point That's was good. we had to go find a new factory to ca encapsulate the product, and it's a very finely ground product. And so there were challenges getting it into the capsule, and it was escaping. Wow. So those are problems I, I can't necessarily – I can't guarantee smooth or, or problem-free stuff because right. when you take an idea and you're getting it made, everything will go wrong. But you want to be with someone who's going to help you do it in the mo least expensive way and, and try to troubleshoot it and help you not freak out. <laughs> Yeah, and and get it to market as fast as possible. So, we help them to encapsulate the product, find a great contract manufacturer for that, and figure out the best price, figure out the best solution, and then we ended up designing the brand, the logo, the packaging, uh, the structural packaging of it, and actually oversaw getting it manufactured. So now they're they're sending some samples to Dollar Tree and to Whole Foods, and I'm sure there will be other yeah other customers and they were able to do it in a six month period of time. It took longer because they didn't actually have the interior product figured out, but it was so much fun. A ton of stuff went wrong. Yeah. Uh, literally they were really afraid at the very end when they saw the final product. They said, Oh my gosh, is this going to, is this, is this uh, going to be nice enough to sell in whole foods? And so I huh. went through whole foods and took pictures. I took this packaging. I put it on the shelf next to competitive products and sent them photos to help them process it. And yeah. then and I showed them how great it looked. And I told them, like, you need to take these pictures and you take it to your whole soil buyer, your whole foods buyer, and you need to show them how great this is going to look on the yeah. shelf. This is like a great sales marketing positioning thing. That's awesome. So that's kind of what we do. Yeah. And so you've kind of taken us through up until the manufacturing process, but you've also, you mentioned some big name stores that you get these products into. Costco, Williams, Sonoma, Kroger, Amazon. I heard Dollar Store. I heard Whole Foods. Aldi earlier, you know, before we started the show. How do you how do you get these products into those stores? So we don't do a brokerage like situation. We're not brokers. We but we have experience getting products into all those stores. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we can be hired to help you build your own relationships with those people, and. We have some contacts, so we can do some introductions. But for the most part, it's better to learn how to fish than it is to just be given it. So we go through the process of, hey, what is the key trade show investment that you should be going to? Because some people just go to everything and they lose a lot of money. You can be very right. strategic and go to the right show to meet the right people. And then talk about how to capitalize on those relationships. Uh, and, and sometimes people have contacts that they can reach out to. But really, a lot of people who are in this industry don't want to give you like I wouldn't want to give you my Whole Foods buyer because that's going right. to jeopardize my relationship with them. And then it looks like I'm a pimp for, yeah. you know, my cool contact. Right. And so no one does that. No one likes, it's kind of rude to ask for that person's introduction. Mm -hmm. it, it's like you're, it's like asking where do you make your money from and giving that contact is not a really professionally fair thing to do. Yeah. Uh, unless it's like a super close friend or something. But in general, you could, why do you need that? You can go get it yourself. And so right. talking through how do you, Go to those trade shows. How do you show up professional with mm -hmm. professional samples, mock-ups, pricing, sell sheets? That's massively crucial. Most emerging brands go to trade shows and find it doesn't, it's not successful and they think they wasted money. It's a bad show. It's usually not a bad show. It's a bad performance on your part. Wow. You know, like you show yeah. up, if you're if you're used to playing high school football and you show up and you start playing <laughs> in the NFL, you're going to get 
clocked. Right. So you, you need to be coached and you need to be trained or you need to find someone who's a buddy who you don't pay, you can talk to, who knows how to help you get prepared. Yep. And that's how you capitalize on those trade shows and those investments. And you shouldn't go until you're ready because they're expensive. You got to wow. follow up. So we talked through that stuff, the re getting retail ready. Stores, uh, do you handle the negotiation to get the products on the shelves? Typically what we talk like behind the curtain, mm -hmm. that's what I would prefer. Sometimes we get CC'd on emails and stuff because some people just, uh, it's because I can't, I don't want to firstly take response. The real reason why I don't do it is I, I don't want to take responsibility and be blamed for not closing that deal. And oh, I, I don't want to also be the lifetime contact of that person. I want to own lots of different brands or serve lots of different brands. So instead, I would rather coach the other person on how to go yeah. through that process and learn to do it themselves. So the next time they don't need to hire us to do it, they yeah. can own that relationship. So Yeah, that makes sense, that teaching them how to fish thing you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. got it. That's my favorite thing about what we do is that our perspective is not like I'm not trying – we're not designing brands or packaging artwork to try to capture someone so they don't go anywhere else. Stay because you love working with us and no one's going to care more. No one's going to give more um, expert advice and help you out. And if you think you can do it better, you should go do it. Yeah, there you, know? you go. Take us a bit behind the scenes. Like I love picking the brains of, of innovative people like you where like, you've got to come up with the design, the package. You know what? What's that process like for you to just finally land on that right that, I don't know, the right shape or that right the right color scheme or even the right feel and the you know how do you how do you get to that point? You mean the creative process? Yeah, yeah, the creative process. It's really really fun. So always, I believe you should start with sales in mind. So who is the customer that you want to purchase it? Where will you be selling it? If you design a product for online commerce, I think it should look very different than a product that's sold for retail. Both the structure should be different because you're going to be doing courier shipments and the mm -hmm. cost of shipping is expensive, can deter your profitability. The the packaging, how a, how a customer engages with your product is different in online commerce. They're looking, their shelf is the search bar of Google or Amazon, cool. right? Yeah. So the image, the packaging is not actually the billboard that they see that closes the sale. It's the mock-up or the image that is there of the packaging, right? Yeah. Whereas in the store, the packaging is the billboard. So you're angling things, and, and what it's being compared against is different. The lighting is different. So always start with the end in mind and sells. How are you going to sell it? Who's going to buy it? What's your target retail price? What's the problem you're trying to solve? And that involves a lot of st strategic conversations with the client who's trying to launch the product and also knowing the market. So yeah. we do, we do, I'm, we do untraditional market research. There are massive companies that will charge you like $25,000 to give you um, like sales data that they have on comp competition. I personally haven't seen, I don't think that gets you very far. I don't yeah. think that's the thing that determines your sales success because you can come up with a product that's never existed. So how are we going to do right. that? Like Spanx. Yeah, I've never who, understood Who knew that, that Spanx was going to be a thing? Right. They made it a thing. It created its own category, right? Or yeah. yeah. A lot of emerging brand owners that I hear that I talk to that are I don't find that struggle with success are people who really want it to be perfect. So they put so much money into professionalized market research as though that's more authentic than going and asking strangers on the street. Yeah. Or doing a test run. Take that twenty five thousand dollars, do your first test run 
then make a change. That's a better, in, in my mind, that's a way better. Go talk to retail buyers and find out what they think it's going to work. Try to try to perfect your sales pitch. And that's, I think, where you actually find that out. So we do market research, walking the store categories. We walk the aisles where if you're saying you want to be a premium brand, you want to be in Whole Foods and you're be organic, and it's a snack. Okay, well, let's go walk the snack category. Maybe right. a snack we've never heard of before. So we don't need market research. We need to see, like, how, forget, forget what everyone else is doing. But, like, how do you stand out in that shelf? You don't have to be like everyone else and know their sales data. Let's go, right. let's go create the category. Yeah, so. kind of like it, it really shouldn't matter, right? Your success is, to an extent, very much independent of their success, right? That's interesting. That's cool. So what would you say are some of the biggest packaging design no-no's? You know that that maybe you can share with people out there that that are heading down this path. <laughs> Save think, them some time and money. <laughs> I think the first piece is that most people start designing their packaging, artwork, and branding before they start figuring out how to manufacture it. Uh, and the two are symbiotic. In you should start by figuring out where will I manufacture this, what packaging capabilities do my contract manufacturer possess? What would that do to influence the packaging? Because like this sachet right here is sealed on three sides. Yeah. And we could have done a stand-up pouch. We could have done uh, a flow wrap like those chips that have like a single seam in the back. But the decision about what packaging to pick depends upon your contract manufacturer, or maybe you should be picking your contract manufacturer based on the packaging you want. There you go. So I think you got to think about manufacturing first and... The, so that's the first piece. Yeah. And the second piece I see is a lot of people hire. There's two types of clients. There's like bootstrapping clients who want yeah. to save as much money as possible. And they design. They hire like a cheap designer who designs on a computer screen. And they know nothing about what that would look like on print. And they don't know what it looks like in stores. So I think, again, end in mind. I think you should walk stores and see what else is. If you're trying to get into retail, what's dominating the category? What are the colors? What are the patterns? This this product that I have right here, I put on the shelf next to other things yeah. to see what it would look like. But you can do printed mock-ups and put them in there and see do people respond to it. And I remember t Tim Ferriss did something like that with his book covers. He, oh, like, cool. He took a bunch of books, put fake covers yeah. to see as, who, who picked up his books when he walked by. So I think that thinking of the end in mind is like the best. You got a graphic design yeah. for the medium that it'll be used in. That makes a ton of sense. I mean, what you see on the screen is so much different than what's actually in front of you. And the look, the feel, you know, the, it's, it's, uh, it makes a huge difference. It's a good point. So what, to this point, is your best-selling product? Are you able to, to share? I have an NDA <laughs> with this particular product. Yeah. Um, but we have a best-selling product in Kroger. Yeah. Uh, and we we didn't design the recipe, so we are working for the person who makes the product. We did the packaging for that, and it's like a top seller. Yeah. Like it's blowing out of stores constantly. Yeah, so that's one of our best sellers, and um, one of the best sellers that we did from did all of the resourcing for was Jocko White Tea. And yeah, that was a really cool product because the customer was a friend, and we became business partners through the. Uh, development of that and it didn't sell because of me 
-hmm. just made his vision possible. Very cool. All because of him, because yeah. of his development of relationships and followers. And he's an amazing, Jocko Willink is an amazing person and influencer. So yeah, that's absolutely. Got it. I mean, I'd love to chat more about that as well. I mean, you co-founded this product with him, Jocko White Tea. Um, I've seen it because, you know, it's been everywhere um, around WeWork where we office and um, and even I see it at stores. And I think, hey, there's, you know, that's my friend Emily's packaging company, whatever. But I'd love to hear more. You know, how did all that start? How did that get off the ground? And and uh, where is it now? It started because I had started my own uh, product. I bought a packaging company and turned it into a product development company. And Jocko's a friend, and his wife specifically is a really close friend. She's like a best friend of mine, and we would work out all the time. That's cool. And so we'd come over and talk strategy. And what is really fun about Jocko, and you see that on his podcast, is that he just loves winning. He loves what's right. He just loves to pe see people work hard and find success. So I would share stories, and he would be like, yeah, war stories of <laughs> the clients that I would close or the, the losses that I would have, and he'd give some great advice. And so we were joking around before his podcaster book came out about making different products. And there were so many different funny ideas that he, like he would come up with really funny ideas and I knew I could make them happen. We just didn't know what to do. And then he got onto the Tim Ferriss podcast and his book came on. And the first sentence on that Tim Ferriss podcast was like, they, he brought some pomegranate white tea up there. And yeah, Tim was like, what is this like nectar of the gods that you're giving me? And <laughs> <laughs> he loves that stuff. <laughs> yeah, he likes tea. So they like Jocko was completely a quiet person, didn't have a podcast or anything. And Tim encouraged him to get that stuff out there so that more people could see the book. And in service of other people, Jocko was like, okay, fine, I'll come out of my cave and I'll become a person who can be found on the internet. And then suddenly he went Richter with his own podcast and yeah. it went so crazy. And at that point, we decided to start the tea. So, because um, people were asking for it, they're like, "What's your favorite tea?" And he was—he had a couple of different brands that he kind of liked, but they weren't his favorite. He likes earthy stuff, like you can just likes—he likes working out in the dirt. Like he's like a rough yeah. guy. And so, anyway, we went through the process of making some fun stuff that he liked. He, we developed a bunch of recipes. We literally did taste testing of the different ingredients in his kitchen with his kids running around, his dogs, and. Um, that's awesome. It was really fun. Really, yeah. really fun. Yeah, that's such a cool story. I mean, it's so so just um, normal, you know, it just and especially with all the stuff he's been through the last few years. You know, he's got, like you said, the the book, the podcast. Um, I loved listening to his book, Extreme Ownership. I do too. And um, I just, I, it, he, he's also kind of the guy who's pushing, what is it, the 4 a.m. wake up? Or yeah. four thirty, wake up. Up before the enemy. Yeah, there you go. Um, I've never been able to do that. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, he is a different breed of person. <laughs> he's super intense all the time, but it's it's awesome because he's he's the real deal. As are yeah. all the guys that he works with uh, in um, Echelon Front, which is his consultancy. All of his buddies from the military years are all yeah. there. And I mean, you've got to be a real dude to just be in you know, SEAL team, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. it takes, it takes a lot. I yeah. Mean, they're like, very they're, cool people. Yeah. Uh, leadership skills, certain superhero element, yeah. I suppose. God bless them. Cause they, they really do love serving and protecting and 
they're all about getting yeah. the bad guy. So God bless them. They're That's amazing. right. That's right. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my colleague, Catherine. She is a huge Jocko fan. And one day maybe we can arrange some kind of introduction or meet cool. up or something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure he gets that a lot. But uh, so now wh- where's is the white tea still hot out, out in the market? Yeah. So um, my ownership shares I sold to oh, Origin Labs. Thank you. Uh, to Origin Labs, which is an awesome uh, all-American supplement company up in Maine. So they bought that. They currently own all of the Jocko branded licensed products, the ones that he's approved and they've designed other ones for him. Supplements, epic, epic products. They're, they're also making like warrior clothing. So uh, jujitsu gis made in America, jeans, boots, just Dang. really cool, rough, like awesome clothes. So it's doing really well. And when, right before the sale, we went out and did some sales meetings and uh, introduced everybody to certain trade shows and some certain buyers. And so then we got in front of vitamin shop. And so that was the last, after I sold the company, that was one of the last things that was happening. So the cool news yeah. is that not only is it still a bestseller on Amazon, Dang. you can now get it in vitamin shop along with all of the other origin labs, performance vitamins. That's outstanding. Congrats on that. That's very cool. It's yeah. very cool. I'm very happy for the whole brand. That's incredible. And we didn't mention this yet, but you have a podcast you're doing. Tell yeah. us more about that. The podcast is called Start to Sold. Yeah. And it's covering all the concepts that you would need to take your idea and get it selling. selling. That's awesome. So it's, it's fun because it, there's so much knowledge and experience that I find funny and entertaining and it's hard to get. It's hard to find mentors who can teach you this stuff. I wish I could help more people. Yeah. So that's the objective of the podcast. That's cool. And how how does how do people find it? Is it on iTunes? Is Start it on your to website? Start com. Okay. And YouTube has most of the videos. The rest of them are still being unfurled because we're pre-recording. Cool. So. Very yeah. cool. Well, I'll have to give that a listen. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing these uh, these tips and things you you've been sharing. I mean, they seem like incredibly valuable. You know, and oh, I, I mean, I, I just so. I, if I, I put myself in the shoes of these people wanting to start this up, I mean, again, just so overwhelming, such a daunting task. And to be able to turn to somebody like you to to help guide them along the way uh, feels like it's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I think I think the times that it is a clear not good fit is if a person wants to learn every has the free time and money uh, to explore that themselves. And so there are some people who I tell don't work with me. You can hire us as a consultant. Go listen to it, the podcast. And that's a bootstrappy person, a person who's spending like maybe $10,000 on a product and they, everything is really earthy. They're going to go a long, hard route. But that's the joy, right? That's why we're entrepreneurs. Yeah. The joy is the destination is not the joy. It's the journey. Yep. And Process. suffering is what makes heroes. So <laughs> so why would you why would you evade that? The, the bonus is... If you can find someone who can be a guide during part of that process to help you not lose a leg or not lose, you know, or to do it faster or to make it more fun or to, you should outsource it if you can, if you can, if it's going to help you in some way. Right. And, you know, one thing I like to harp on a little bit on this show is I think, you know, given the last few years, there's just been this huge movement toward entrepreneurship. And I still think there's a lot of people out there that are more like wantrepreneurs. 
or people that just don't have that that grit or you know determination resilience to make it through you know how's your journey been i suppose so, i mean there's it's a huge upward trajectory you know however i'm sure there's been some ups and downs right yeah that's the fun stuff yeah <laughs> what keeps you going uh, the love of the game i just love the game i love the strategy in high school i played video games very cool. The ones where you dominate the world and you try to get all the resources. And like, <laughs> yeah. I'm Cleopatra, the elf princess who's going to dominate, you know, like Damn. <clears throat> yeah. different resources. Or there's historical ones called like civilization. <laughs> yeah. I've only heard of these. I've never played them. Oh, no. But it sounds Don't to do me it. like you, you would dominate. I was a great, you know, warrior princess, <laughs> like whatever the different, I think I was like, Napoleon one time, you know, there's, you just get to play different Damn, roles. Yeah. So I like that because that's, it mimics life. And then when I found business, I was like, oh my gosh, the Damn. points are money. Yeah. This is even better. So I just like the, I like the creativity. I like the challenge. I like what it, what it makes of you. Yeah. So I think, I don't think it's for everybody because it is, you do, you have to trade. Everything's in life's a trade off. So you trade off your time, your free time, you trade off. I know I'd be making so much more money. I get job offers from people. Yeah. I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> I could be making more, but I don't have, the cry of my heart is freedom. Oh I yeah. I want freedom. Yeah. My we soul share has that. something to express. Yeah. And I, so like I want freedom and I want to be known and not just by known by other people, but I want to know myself. Nice. I had that, yeah. that's, those are the types of conversations that I have with the willing family, for example, because they share that same perspective. And I, you know, like there are some people who have given me offers to work for them or to be partners with them and they're very successful. And I'm like, oh man, if I did that, that would be an easier road. And I can't take it mostly because if I did that, then my success, I could attribute not to my own sweat, right. but yeah. only to their, um, to the, to the following in their path. And I don't want that. I want to know what I can be made of. Yeah. And if it's nothing by the end of it, it you learned that. I learned that. And yeah. I, and I did it with, there's two ways I'm measuring my success. The first one is, am I doing it with love? Am I the person that I want to be in the midst of the struggle? Because I don't think everyone, some people are called to be emperors and kings. Like you think Obama. Right, yeah. That, that is not my calling probably. I will not probably arrive at that greatness. God bless that man so that he could reach those levels. But so like, who will you be in the midst of whatever you're called to, whether that's being a teacher? A teacher is a holy, amazing, right. influential thing. Are they giving all the doing given what they've the lot that they are given in life? Are they being who they're meant to be? That's a spiritual thing. And then when you look at it on like a material, physical thing, given that, what's the most that I can take where I'm trying to get to? Because that is so fun. Yeah. That's so fun. So I think that's why I like being an entrepreneur. Yeah. But there are other people who like being an employee who right. get the same same thrill because that's their, their how they want to measure their life. Right. So it is interesting. I think the further I go either in life or on this journey, I realize there's so many different paths to success and so many different definitions of success. You know, and I'm kind of like you. I love the freedom. I love the ability to take on different projects. I love the ability to kind of learn new different things as I go meet great people like you, have a podcast, all that kind of thing, right? Things that I wouldn't be able to do if I was holed up in a cubicle somewhere. And, uh, but no, I mean, you, I think you kind of, I'm going to steal what you just said because I mean, it really did hit on a lot of my same feelings. Yeah. 
Um, it's Braveheart. That's where I got it. Braveheart, <laughs> did you? Freedom. Okay. So I've, <laughs> freedom I, or give I, me death. <laughs> I've never seen Braveheart. Oh, no. <laughs> Sign yourself up for that one. That's good. Okay. I'll put it on the list. All right. Let's move into the lightning round. Yeah. So uh, just shifting gears a bit. These are generally maybe some quicker answers, but we can go in depth if we need to. Um, first one, what do you wish you had known when you started on your career, on your journey? If you could go back, tell your younger self something, what would you tell yourself? I think that I have always struggled with believing that I would be enough and be able to do what was in my heart to do. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I'm not the kind of person who... I'm a great salesperson, but I can't sell something I don't believe I can do. So if I haven't done it yet, I'm afraid to tell you I can do it. Even if I've done something similar, I just mm. I don't like to I don't like to fail and I don't like to deliver, which is not the best like quality in an entrepreneur or anyone who wants to succeed. You have to you have to have that vision and push yourself past it. So that's been the fun part of personal development of owning a business is yeah. that I probably have lower confidence in my abilities than I should. Mm, and interesting. learning to overcome that and push past it and keep going. And yeah, I've, I've even had like some tearful conversations with mentors and they're like, you need to believe in yourself in moments yeah. when like a client recently filed bankruptcy and owed me a ton of money. And I was like, dang it, this is terrible. Yeah. A massive company. I was very proud of having that client and they you know, they, it's out of your control. Yeah, they took out a lot of other, they took out money from massive companies. I'm on the uh, bankruptcy committee with like, you know, massive real estate companies here in Dallas. Yeah. So it's it's not like I was dumb in my becoming a victim of that situation or becoming a not a victim, but being yeah. influenced by that situation. Right. Yeah. But that was so such a I felt very badly about the fact that I could let that happen to me. Like, because I'm a leader, I'm supposed to be protecting yourself from risk. Yeah. And so I just had some awesome conversations though with mentors who just said, "This is what life is. If you don't, yeah. if you don't expect to lose ten percent of your, you know, clients, ten percent of your, you have, you have, there's a loss ratio in everything that you're mm -hmm. doing, and that's winners lose." <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I mean, to me, I think um, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions of this whole journey is like, I think we end up losing a lot more than we end up winning. I don't know if that's true for you, but, you know, and I, my wife has this, uh, she basically says I have this like bulletproof vest on, this invisible bulletproof vest, and I just keep taking shots and I keep going forward. And uh, I love when she does the visualization of that. She just looks like Terminator kind of, but, um, but anyway, like, if you can't take that, you're not cut out for this, I think. Right. And I think you're right. Like a lot of us, even you know, when when we're younger, we don't realize how much pain you've got to go through, and that not everybody is perhaps as altruistic as you are, or as you know, has the same level of integrity. And even there's things that you can't foresee. You know, you've somebody that you've worked with for a while that you know and trust could turn around and stab you in the back. You just never know. And I've one day I'm going to have a book about all these. <laughs> <laughs> all the terrible things that happen in the process. Yeah. Becoming great. That's right. There you go. Um, 
what do you think has influenced you the most along your journey? Professionally or personally? Let's go. Let's do both. both. <laughs> you open that can of worms. Uh, you know, who or what do you think has, has really brought you to this point? I would credit massive people of massive wisdom and experience who I admire and look up to and who, who've invested in my life. I would say first and foremost, you know, my dad and my mom who they have that mentality of a higher, a higher calling that you're not discouraged by that one loss because it's about who are you in the game. Mm -hmm. So I thought they've always taught me that. And I have another mentor, Terry Valentine, who hired me out of grad school when I thought I was going to get a PhD and she convinced me to come work for her. Wow. And I was scared to take that choice. I was really glad that I did because she's been an inspiration on so many levels. She just, we call her troubleshooter Terry. Oh, cool. The problem will go down and she will see the silver lining of every opportunity and spin it so that everyone's kind of glad that it happened. And that perspective, her ability to do that when I, I can think the sky's falling, I can call her and she sets my brain right. And it's just a, a great encouragement. I, and I also respect her. She's a woman. She's got a husband. She's got kids. Mm -hmm. And she's got hobbies. And she's managed Dang. to be someone. And she's managed to grow her company so that it's massive. And I learned the product development from her. Wow. So. Very cool. Um, we may need to have her on the show as well. She's, she's amazing. She's not <laughs> Sounds in Dallas. amazing. She's in L.A. Oh, we'll we'll change the name of the show just for her. How about that? <laughs> Okay, uh, is there anything you're learning about right now? If not, it's okay. You might be really busy. I am learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. I think there's just so much stuff that I'm learning. I, I think the main thing that I'm currently focusing on is when you're growing your business, you accept every, every type of business, every type of customer, Every opportunity, yeah, because you're so hungry, right? And being hungry is good. I remain hungry. However, I also realize that there's more profitable clients, yeah. and ones that don't make you not sleep at night. Those are better. Those are better. <laughs> so I'm cutting, I'm pruning the vine, nice. and cutting off the pieces that are not profitable or joyful. And to me, those things are equal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right about that. Um, I might need to change this question. What's your coffee of choice? And I believe you told me the other day you don't drink coffee. I do. You do? Okay. Do you have a coffee of choice? Yeah, all coffee. <laughs> I like Intelligentsia's, uh, it's like a black label. Yeah. It's like citrusy. Intelligentsia in general, I just adore. Is it fair to say anything with caffeine? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, how about your adult drink of choice? Cadillac Margarita. Dang, what? I've never heard of this one. Where is this from? Grand Marnier. Some fancy tequila. Yeah. I like some squeezes of lime, a little bit of ice. Where do you get this? Or you just make it at home? Everywhere. This Everywhere? Is, this is traditional. This is a classic. Anywhere you go that's Man, not I'm class. Out. <laughs> <laughs> that could be why I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Maybe I'm kidding. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I usually just get the house frozen margarita. Is that shameful? <laughs> it's not. It's okay. not. I love I love frivolous drinks too. <laughs> Burn. Uh, okay, show's over. Um, are you a morning person or a night person? Night person. 
Night Don't Owl. Don't tell Jocko. Oh, okay. He's not listening. Uh, how about some routines you've set for yourself? Maybe some life hacks or something. I regularly take time on the weekend to have a spiritual practice of medita- meditating and I don't like sit still and not think I journal write questions like re- recenter my week and my goals my priorities and spend time being grateful yeah and then I try to exercise as well like at least four to five times a week because that's the same physical spiritual mental emotional yeah. reset and the journaling you said weekly I do it weekly I also try to keep it with me so that I can take it with me like I go to a bible study I go to, I've got mentor times where I sit with mentors and I journal in those moments, but I mean, by myself once a week. Cool. How long have you been doing that for? My whole life. Dang. That's awesome. It's something I think about a lot and I just never do the steps to make it a habit. <laughs> well, how do you process the macro stuff in your life? I'm sure you can talk to your wife about it, but isn't there a point where you can't talk to talk to her about that problem for the twentieth time without doing some actions. You gotta get yourself straight. So who do you go yeah. talk to? <laughs> no, nobody. Oh I think I, I internalize painful. a lot of this, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. That's that is excruciating for yeah. me. It's excruciating. I'm high on the emotional um, quadrant. Like I feel things. That's why I'm great at sales. That's why I'm very intuitive with marketing and sales. I can feel sometimes I can even feel people's feelings in a room. Dang. I've even had uh, moments where I'm talking to someone and they say, I'm like, I think you're thinking exactly this. And I say the exact sentence. I don't know what that is. Clairvoyant, yeah. intuitive, whatever that is. But it's burdensome because I can feel Damn. a lot of feelings. So if I don't get it out on the piece of paper, then it's not going to get out of my head and it will be too loud. Okay. What am I thinking right now? <laughs> not that good. <laughs> I need you to come on some sales calls with me. <laughs> and, uh, What's the number that they're going yeah, to pay? Exactly. Gosh, what a gift. Dollars. There you go. That's a great gift. It doesn't happen. It makes it sound like I'm actually more advanced than I am. It's just sometimes where it's a really high emotional moment. Right, yeah. You can connect in that's a certain cool. way. And so, but that's a burden because you can yeah. think about that stuff all the time. So, journaling. Now, um, have you ever heard of Vistage? I have. Okay. So, I, I recently joined Vistage. And How do you feel about it? So far, really great. It's given me an outlet to voice those kinds of issues and concerns. And, and um, it's, it's once a month where we, we get together for an entire day and everybody kind of, your group becomes like your personal board of advisors and you share these things and they share their things and everybody kind of shares potential solutions, ideas. It's, it's been, I've, I mean, I've only been a part of it for a few months now, but already it's just, it feels like it's, it's changed my approach. I don't think it's enough of getting that kind of stuff out, though. I should probably do more of it on my own. Well, it's hard because there's parts of it that are embarrassing or, yeah. or like emotional or, or you have mentors that you talk to and they give you advice, but it's from their perspective. They didn't dig in mm-hmm. deep enough into the problems. Really great consultants ask you questions to extract the information before they give you advice. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to find that. It's really yeah. hard to find that. And so, you've got to be vulnerable, you know, open up to people, that sort of thing. It's tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, are you an introvert and an extrovert? I think I know this. <laughs> What's your guess? I would say you're an extrovert. Yeah, I, I would say I'm a massive extrovert. Yeah. However, I need a lot of downtime to. Yeah. I, to disconnect. Yeah. Earlier, when we were talking about your experiences, uh, or off the show, we were talking about your experiences at trade shows. 
I would think you're the best person to just be walking around, talking to people, getting the product in their hands, getting their feedback, trying to sell it. I do love that. Yeah. I'm a weird, weird, weird girl. Good to totally see you stuff. doing that. Yeah. What do you look forward to the most each weekend? My workout and yeah. then uh, church and spending time with someone significant in my life. Cool. Very cool. Will you survive the lightning round? Congratulations. I was expecting the chair to drop out, like some kind of cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. We need the chair to drop out and some lava. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) A big rock hits you. Like, it's like, is it the Japanese, like, shows that do that? Yeah, it is. I used to love watching those. So funny. All right. So, what's it like for a customer? Like, how do they need to get a hold of you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, Emily Ann Page. I have a company website called pearlresourcing.net. That's pearl, like an oyster, resourcing, I-N-G at the very end, .net. And I also have a consultancy page. It's a personal page, Emily, E-M-I-L-Y, and A-N-N-E, page.com. Very cool. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This has been fun. Thank you for interviewing me. I hope that I passed the You passed the test. The you did. Way to go. <laughs> and thank you all so much for listening to the show. It's been a blast. Um, this is Andrew Louder signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louderco at louderco.com for more. Thank you again and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.